Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Full Court Press. I'm joined today once again by Ariel Atias, Marco Romo, and Miami's own, one of the most prominent faces of ESPN. I mean, the man, the myth, the legend himself, George Sedano. George, thank you for joining us. It is truly a pleasure to have you. And I mean, we got some hoops to talk about real quick. So, I mean, let's get into it. First let's of all, I love I, the big I, intro and all that stuff. There's a lot of production value on this show. I'm, I'm impressed. And Marco. Those, yeah, those are the guys that make it happen. Yes, sir. Um, so how are we doing tonight? How are we feeling? Uh, feeling good. I am actually missing basketball, though. Um, you know, and look, it's funny because I, I still like watching baseball. Um, but it, it is weird to not have the option to be able to watch a basketball game tonight. So it is kind of strange. Um, but obviously that won't be the case for very long. But it will be fun uh, here this week for sure. Yeah, we're... We're the only show in town tonight, I guess. So let's do it. Yeah, we're gonna then we're gonna set Twitter records tonight or YouTube records or whatever. Let's go. I mean, that definitely is the goal. Um, first time we haven't had basketball since like mid March, I believe. So it really is truly a weird feeling, and I felt not empty, but a little lost throughout the day because I didn't know exactly what I was supposed to do tonight. But here we are, nonetheless. Anyways, um, let's get into the playing game because I, I mean, a lot of people have been iffy on is if the playing game is worth it, whatever, and. You have the Golden State Warriors, you have Los Angeles Lakers led by LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and you have the Boston Celtics who were in the Eastern Conference Finals last year, amongst other exciting teams, and you have the Washington Wizards. Um, the play-in kind of seems like it's been a success. George, we'll start with you. What is your opinion on the play-in, and which games are you most excited to watch in the play-in? I mean, look, the fact that you had even before it all started, right? Like if you're the league and you had Mark Cuban and Luca and LeBron all complaining about it, I feel like that's already good publicity, right? Where these guys who are stars are like, oh, this is stupid. I don't want to do it. And they're like, oh, okay, great. Because the NBA has one big problem, in my opinion, right? I know everyone's got opinions on this stuff, but I think their biggest problem is predictability. And if you compare it to the other major professional sports in this country, I think, I, if I remember the metrics correctly, it's like 70% of the teams that win the championships are like top two or three seeds uh, in either conference. Um, whereas it, it's a pretty precipitous drop from to baseball in the NFL, where it's like in the mid-50s, and then the NHL is like under 50%. It's like crazy. We've seen eight seeds or whatever win in the NHL. So I think that this kind of throws a wrench into that potentially, right? And look, what better matchup can you have to sell a play-in scenario to your audience, right, than a Lakers-Warriors game between LeBron James and Steph Curry for maybe not all the marbles, but for some marbles. There are marbles at stake here. And uh, and I think that has to be exactly what everyone wanted, including my employer, because we have the Western Conference and we have that West play-in game. I heard your radio guys were going crazy about uh, the possibility of losing this stuff in, in a play-in tournament. But that's the kind of risk you take with, when you have this kind of setup. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think they'll lose. I'm a, I am was a lot less concerned before LeBron kind of tweaked the ankle yesterday uh, before he left the game. And, you know, he tweaked it a little. He was kind of walking a little gingerly. But, you know, he walked off the floor in his own power, right? And he's LeBron James. He's built like the Terminator. So – I feel like he'll be fine. Um, but, yeah, if Steph goes supernova, you know, like, what are you going to do? You know, like, it just – I guess if I'm Frank Vogel – and, look, the Lakers have been a fantastic defensive team this year, okay? 
when they had everybody healthy, they were the best defensive team in the league. In the stretch where AD was out, but LeBron was still playing, they were still the second best defense in that stretch. And then even without both guys for 20 games or whatever it was, or close to that, they were still the fourth best defense in that stretch. So their backbone is defense and Vogel is a good defensive coach. So I'm guessing they're going to do one of those things of we're just going to do everything we can to limit Steph, which is what the Suns did the other night. Um, And if they beat us, they beat us. And Andrew Wiggins went for 38 in that game against the Suns. But if I'm an opposing team and look, I'm not trying to knock Wiggins. Wiggins has had a really good season. I think this year for them, because he's in the right role. He's defending right at a high level, probably at the best level individually that he's ever defended. And, and within the team construct as well. And he's a secondary scorer, right? He doesn't have to be the franchise savior or any of that stuff. So, I mean, is it possible? Sure. But he's going to have a pretty big task on his hands trying to guard LeBron because that's who's going to draw that assignment mostly. Occasionally it'll be Draymond, but Draymond's going to have to worry about Anthony Davis too. So I like the Lakers in that game as long as they're relatively healthy. I wholeheartedly agree. I mean, I would be surprised if the Lakers lost. But like you said, Steph can go supernova and then anything can really happen. That's, I mean, they've been selling LeBron versus Steph for the last five years and now they get to sell it for the play-in. This really could not have worked out any better for the league. It'll be interesting if the Lakers lose, but we really don't think that's going to happen. They have such an advantage. Um, I mean, clearly the game to watch in the East is Boston against Washington. I think what Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal have been able to do has been fantastic. Um, Ariel, we'll go to you here. Do you, who do you think wins this game? Because Washington's on the up and up and Boston's kind of been uh, declining, to say the least. It's a really good game. The Wizards are, are on an absolute tear. They're 17-6, and six, I believe, over the last 23 games. Russell Westbrook in the last six weeks has averaged something like 23-13-13. and 13. Like, he's been... You know, he doesn't care what you think about his inefficiency and, and, and the shot profile and all of that. Like, he just keeps trucking along. That team has taken on the DNA of Russell Westbrook. They followed suit. Um, he gets good shots for guys like Rui Hachimura and their younger players. Um, you know, like, he's is he a perfect player? No, but uh, it's translated to wins. Now, I'm a little bit concerned with what uh, the status of Bradley Beal's injury is, but if we're speaking about injuries, I mean, the Celtics lost Jalen Brown. Like it's a tremendous loss for them. Campbell Walker has been in and out of the lineup all season. Um, They've kind of stumbled their way into the play in here. Um, I think I'm going with the wizards here. I think they, you know, I just, I think they have a little bit more at the top end of the roster than the Celtics do at the moment. Um, I love the, the, the whole narrative of like the St. Louis guys uh, between Bradley Beal and Jason Tatum going at each other. I think that's a great game. It's probably the playing game I'm second most excited for after the one we just spoke about. And uh, I've got the wizards winning that game. I agree. Do we all have wizards here, George? No, I picked the Celtics. I did. I picked the Celtics because for a couple of reasons, I don't know what Bradley Beal's health situation is going to be. And honestly, he's had okay. I don't want to do this to him because I don't. I, I feel like it's going to get you know. It, it, <laughs> all right, do let's it. just say. Radio let's just say. Let's just Dangerous. say. In some of the big playoff moments, he has underperformed uh, according to his talent level, right? And I'm not going to put him in the James. You know, I know everyone likes to slander James Harden. Look, he's ha- he hasn't had as many bite at the apple, um, bites at the apple as a lot of guys, right? Like, let's just be real here. Um, he's had some, but he he hasn't played as well as I would have liked in some of these moments. So I I 
that kind of factored in, plus the injury stuff. And look, Kemba actually is playing, in my opinion, better as you know since Jalen Browns went down, right? Like because he gets to play his more natural game, which is just to be a crazy scorer, you know, shoot the ball on these crazy step backs from three, right? Like he becomes more of the Kemba Walker we saw in Charlotte playing with Jason Tatum as opposed to having to try to fit in with Jalen Brown there too. I'm not saying they're a better team without Jalen Brown. That's not what I'm saying at all. I just think Kemba looks more comfortable in that scenario. So I'll I'll take my chances with Boston there. Interesting. Interesting. I kind of agree with all that. I also have Boston in the sense that, I don't know, I think they'll uh, overcome more of their uh, roster shortcomings uh, in a and they will play one game for well, wins all or one game takes seven seed all uh, sort of thing. Uh, the Washington stuff, I think they'll beat whoever comes out of the 9-10, though. Uh, I'm taking Washington all the oh, way. Yeah. So it's really about who's going to get uh, another day of rest, pretty much, in both of these series to me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, don't, think, um, I don't think Indiana and Charlotte are coming out. Um, I think that whoever wins there will lose to the loser of the 7-8 game. Yeah, I agree. I personally, I selfishly, I really want to see, hopefully Bradley Beal is able to get healthy enough. I want to see Russ and Beal just 145 to 140 every single game against the Nets, just high scoring, yeah. Yeah. old school, not old school, new school shootout. And it would just be a beautiful thing for, for TV's sake. It would be really interesting. Oh, I, I'm with you wholeheartedly. I would love to see that because I would want to see the Russell Westbrook revenge series, right? Mm-hmm. Like I just think there is something to that. Uh, I, I just don't, you know, I, I don't know. I just don't trust the Wizards just right now. As great as they've been playing, um, you know, I, I like Scott Brooks as a coach, but and I know Brad takes a lot of flack or has taken a lot of flack, but I think the Celtics' problems lie way more in their personnel decisions than their coaching decisions at the moment. Yeah, I can't really argue with that. I mean, when you're missing Jalen Brown, it obviously has a huge impact. Um, but we do want to make sure we get this conversation in because, I mean, George, you're a Miami guy. You're from Miami, if I'm correct. And the Heat are in a huge series. Um, I mean, it's the bubble flukes against the guys who need to get revenge on the bubble flukes from last year. So, I mean, this one is huge. It's a huge series. It's probably, I'll say, the biggest first-round series in terms of storyline. Your thoughts on – you don't have to give a prediction yet. You will have to give one before you go. But your thoughts on this series and what you're most looking forward to. Uh, I'll give it to you right now. It's Heat and 7. Um, I trust Woo! them on the road. And oh, I, I thought I was going to have to cry that out I of think you. The, I think the reason it goes 7 is honestly because Drew Holiday is so much better than Eric Bledsoe. Um, and I think that he's given the Heat some trouble. I think that the Heat will have to figure out what to do with him. I think they have a game plan for Giannis. And I know that Giannis has, you know, tested out the floater, right, during the regular season here and has, you know, got a little hook shot in the pain or whatever. But it's one thing to do that when there's no stakes. It's another thing to do that when there's all the stakes, right? And I also think that, you know, Middleton will get hot, but you can't afford for all three of those guys, right? Like, you really want to be able to control it to two at most and and basically not let those other guys just shoot the lights out from out there. You know what I mean? Like, so Drew to me is a real problem because he can get to the rim, he can shoot, and we all know he's a great defender, right? So he's just a much better version of what they've had at that position, uh, even with the combination last year of Hill and Bledsoe. But so I, I think it goes the distance, but in a seventh game, I, I just don't trust them. Like, I don't trust Milwaukee. And look, maybe they'll prove me wrong, right? 
But I know what I've got in Jimmy Butler. I think playoff Jimmy is a real thing. Um, I think that, you know, Bam will will be pivotal in this series, particularly with his defense on Giannis, I think, at times. And, you know, last year the Heat were successful with Giannis. You know, everyone talks about building the wall, right, that uh, Spolstra and, and Nick Nurse the year before uh, was able to implement. But I think they just have the bodies to do it, right? Last year, they had Jay Crowder in that mix with Iguodala and Jimmy and Bam, right? Well, you know, I think Trevor Ariza is, you know, a a good defender still at this stage. And he's long. Granted, he's older than Jay Crowder was, but he's got length on his side. Um, So I like that potentially as someone you can throw at Giannis for a few minutes. Obviously, Iguodala, you can throw at him for a few minutes and Jimmy and Bam. Um, But I think Jimmy's prime assignment, if I were Eric, I would look at him – having to defend holiday because I think holiday will tip the series one way or another and his success or lack thereof will do that. Um, as long as the heat are getting production from their bench unit and Goran Dragic, he doesn't need to give you 20 points a game like he did last year, but if he can give you anywhere between 15 and 17, pretty much every single night and hero and Robinson are shooting closer to 37, 38, as opposed to some of the stuff we've seen from hero this year. Now, Duncan has been much better in the second, you know, last mm-hmm. month or two of the season. Um, and Tyler has been pretty good outside of one bad game here since he's come back from injury. So if, if you can get them shooting the way we saw them shooting last year um, and and like they have recently, I, I feel really good about the Heat's chances. But it's really about what they do defensively. And, and to me, it's, it's, it's a lot on what they do with Holiday. Marco, you're on mute. Yeah. Okay, I like the point that George was making uh, about putting uh, Ariza on Giannis. Uh, last year, they did the J thing, of course. Uh, it's very interesting to me how long they're going to go with that. Uh, I think in the fourth, it's going to be straight up bam on Giannis because yeah. I don't think Lopez is going to see the fourth. Uh, it'll be interesting to me how long it takes for Bud to bench Brooke Lopez. Like, when that happens, is it going to be too late? Is it going to be maybe a game earlier than we expected? I think it's about adjustments and the adjustments that spoke can make might tip the scales enough, which is probably why I'm also leading heat in seven. And I'm not going to count out Jimmy Butler in like a seven game series at all. I think we're all on the same beat here, right? Like, you know, the bucks, the bucks, listen, let's give the bucks their flowers here. Like they're the highest scoring team in the NBA. They play at a very fast pace. I think they're like second in the NBA in pace. Uh, Giannis is a monster. Chris is a smooth and efficient scorer in the half court. Um, Drew Holiday is a you know a two-way shot creator whose game was probably tailor-made uh, for playoff basketball. Um, PJ Tucker, that addition has unlocked their ability to switch more, and so when he comes in for Brook Lopez, that's you know that's key for them in the playoffs because it gives them something that they weren't able to do and didn't really experiment with the way that they have this season um, in past seasons. So that changes the outlook for them defensively. But you know the Heat, and I talked about this on, on the post-game show last night. They're number one in the NBA in opponents' points in the paint allowed. They're third in opponent field goals made and sixth in opponent field goal percentage. That's the type of defense that translates to playoff success. Yeah. Uh, the Heat don't score a ton, right? They're like 25, 25th in the NBA in points per game, but they're 11th in the NBA in effective field goal percentage. That suggests that their shot profile and the shot quality that they get is upper echelon. They play slow, they grind you down, and they finish possessions with good shots. Um, Bam is a two-way force who can match up with Giannis. Uh, he's held Giannis to 17 points per game in their three matchups this season uh, against Milwaukee. We know what Jimmy does. I think the key for the Heat will be like, how do they attack 
the way that the Bucks defend uh, the pick and roll because they generally drop unless they unless PJ Tucker's in the game and they switch everything. And so what that means is that pull up mid range two is going to be there all night for Kendrick Nunn, Tyler Hero, Goran Dragic. That's going to be huge for the Heat. I have questions based on what we've seen. Um, from the Bucks in high leverage playoff series over the past couple of seasons about how sustainable that up-tempo style of game that they play is in the playoffs because games in the playoffs are usually played at a much slower pace. It's a more grinded out type of game. Um, I think this, you know, this series gets played that way. I think this one goes seven as well. I'm rolling with Jimmy in the heat. Well, and, and to your point, which was a good one on their offense, right? It's that they really take advantage of the shot clock, I think, the Heat. And mm-hmm. sometimes to their detriment, right? But uh, I, they really – they they're so forceful with their actions on offense, right? Like every single move, it has a absolute purpose, right? And they make you feel them mm-hmm. on every single screen, every anything they do. It really is fascinating to watch if you're just literally watching the motion of what they do on offense off the ball. Um, and creating the opportunities for the people who have the ball. So I'm with you 100% on that. And Marco, to your point earlier on the Bud Spo thing, um, look, Eric, I don't, God, I, I, it's why I don't tweet very often when they're, <laughs> when they play anymore, because the, the responses are just so stupid about Eric. Like it's, everyone all of a sudden thinks that they, they know how to coach this team better than Eric does. And look, sometimes what I'll tell you is during the regular season, Coaches are experimenting, man. Now, there's a lot of experimentation in the first 20 or 25 games, but even during the season, based on what kind of situation they're in from an injury perspective or whatnot, or who the opponent is on a given night, they'll try some stuff. Um, and But from game to game, like, I don't know if there's anybody better than him from game to game. Like, Pop is probably the one guy, right? And, and even that, like, I'm like, they're kind of there. Um, but that's it. So to your point, by the time Budenholzer makes a move and he's been better about it during the regular season, but playoff time is different. Everyone, um, gets more tight and we've already seen the reports on, on bud, which is if they don't get to the conference finals, he could be out. And man, there would be, there would, there was not a team. I think he wanted to see less than this particular team like he wanted the knicks or the hawks way way more than he wanted to see there was no way in hell he wanted to see the heat with the heat that he's dealing with and why they play their guys in that last game though i don't get it like i don't i I don't get it i think that's just like faux bravado right like like, same thing oh we we don't don't need to be afraid of these guys like we can beat them too but in the back of his mind, if that series goes sideways, then all that stuff starts to creep in their head again, man. Mm-hmm. There's, there could be a lot of regret in Milwaukee after what we've seen over the last few weeks. Um, I agree with both of you guys, or not both, all three of you guys. I think the Heat are going to win. Um, George, I know you're pressed for time, so at any time that you need to go, feel free. Um, we will we got a couple on. of minutes. Go ahead. Give, what else you got? Um, so, I mean, I'm in agreement with you guys. I don't want to try to bring up any new points because I want to get more of your opinions in. Um what we want, we know you're into stocks because you have stocks in your Twitter bio, which means therefore it is your gospel and you are into stocks. You're into crypto. I am. And because you're into crypto, we're going to talk about some stocks in terms of players. Okay. So what I want to know, or what we want to know, and what the people most likely want to know, who's one player, or you can say one team, but ideally one player that you think their stock could be going, quote unquote, to the moon throughout this playoffs. 
Okay, well, I kind of mentioned him a little bit already. Um, I think that if Milwaukee is to succeed, right, I, I thought Drew Holiday would be the guy that would be the beneficiary uh, or they would be the beneficiary of a good series from Drew Holiday, right? Um, and perhaps even a good playoffs. Because here's the thing, like, if Milwaukee gets by Miami, I don't think that they're, you know, a walkover for the Nets. Like, I think that's a real series. I think the playoffs are about matchups. And if they somehow beat Miami, which is possible, right? Um, I think that they would have some confidence against the Nets because I just think that they they match up pretty well against them in my estimation. So um, Drew Holiday would certainly be one of those guys. Um, I mean, look, on the Heat, it you know, it's Duncan Robinson in a lot of ways, right? Like if you're looking at – there's a lot on the line for Duncan Robinson here, both, um, you know, particularly financially, right, when it comes to his contract situation because – even though I thought he played better this year, you know, early on he struggled because much like Tyler, when you're on the scouting report, it's a lot harder. You know, you're no longer catching anybody by surprise. And he had to work a lot harder to get open looks. And he did a really good job adjusting to that. But he's going to have to work even harder now in the postseason to get those kind of looks. So I think for the Heat, someone like Duncan Robinson is is someone um, to watch out for. Um you know, I guess Hero a, a little bit too. I, I've been down on Tyler more this year than I have been in the past. Um, you know, only because I had higher expectations for him, um, I think, than I did for Duncan. Uh, Duncan has actually surprised me because maybe I, I went into it with less expectations with yeah. him just being such a great catch-and-shoot guy. Um, he's developed, you know, hell, he, he's had some assists in these last couple of games. I've been watching him putting it on the floor, which is fun to watch. But, um, you know, Tyler... He's too feast or famine for me at times, right? And defensively, he's a disaster. At least Duncan, I think, is capable on defense. Uh, but Duncan would be that guy. Drew Holiday, rest of the league. Um, you know, I mean, look, Jokic is going to be the MVP probably, right? And he's not playing – he's playing without Jamal Murray. If Jokic can win a couple of rounds, I think his stock goes even higher, right? And it just – validates the fact that he could be the MVP this season. I always feel like we have these situations where sometimes these guys who win the MVP, like we saw it with Dirk, right, in 2007, where he got bounced in the first round. Like, we've seen a few of those uh, in the past. I mean, Giannis, right, uh, in the second round most recently. So I think for Jokic, I think that even though I would I picked Portland in seven, mostly because I don't trust the guys around him at the moment. I mean, Porter Jr. can score, but he can't defend. I think Aaron Gordon is also kind of one of those big X factors in that series against Portland. Um, but Jokic, to me, can totally skyrocket, which sounds crazy because he's an MVP. But I do <laughs> think that there are people that feel like he needs to be validated, right? Like he needs to show why he's the MVP. Um, so I think because of that narrative that's out there. Um, let me see. Who else? Who else? I mean, Paul George, right? Like, good Lord, if there's somebody that you have to look at. There we go. It's Paul George. Like, Paul George – it's funny. I was just saying this on my radio show in L.A. because we came up in conversation. Um, Like, I remember vividly um, when he hit the side of the backboard against Denver. And I was standing in my kitchen, and I was looking up as Breen is like, Paul George in the corner or whatever. And I I look, and he hit the backboard, and I literally yelled, damn! Like (laughs) – what like how does that happen like you were open and that's what you ended up doing like it just and it's crazy to me because and you guys know this I mean some of you guys are really young but like um you know I remember Paul George 
playing his ass off for Indiana yep. against the Heat in those series. And I'm like, this kid's going to be a star. And he is – look, he's an all-star. Like, he's a great player. But, you know, he has not been anywhere near the level of player we saw back in those days. It's been a long time now, right? Like, that was seven years ago the last time that he played in a series like that. So I think of all the players, he's probably the guy that has the most to gain in a situation like this. If the Clippers can low. reach their right, reach their uh, their their potential, which is let's face it, they their potential was supposed to be be a championship team. It is, and I mean, Marco, you're going to talk about Paul George in a little bit. Um, I've been pro Clippers. I said that people should have been trying to bet the number at plus two sixty five, maybe about four and a half weeks ago while LeBron was still injured and everything was kind of in flux. I'm huge on the Clippers this year. I think this might be their year to make it out of the West. We'll probably have another episode. We talk about playoff predictions. Um, Yeah. I mean, I totally agree with you with Nikola Jokic. I personally had Michael Porter Jr. I have, I mean, he has some pretty staggering numbers as to how improved he's been this year. If he can take a step as that second option, because he's been top 15 in the league in both pull-up shooting and catch and shoot uh, on relatively nice volume, yeah. If he's able to do something like that and really improve and be that second option. Oh, there we go. There um, you go. He's a walking 20 and 10, man. He, like, is, he can do that really anytime is. he wants. But it's just, you know, Michael Malone, I can, you know, I can tell you because I've done their games. Like, you know, less so now because he has really no choice. But early in the season, even this year, he was yanking him for defense. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, now he has no choice now. And honestly, you got to let him play through this stuff, too. Like, he's still young enough in the league where you got to let him play through that stuff. I really wish Jamal would have been healthy because I, I I think that team would have scared a lot of people in the Western Conference. Definitely. Like they had – they made it a three-horse race in the West, in my opinion, yeah. and they were squarely in that conversation. It really sucks that Jamal got hurt, but we'll see. I think the way that the bracket kind of shakes out, it makes it pretty interesting yeah. for the Nuggets because they can beat the Blazers and then I don't think they can beat the Clippers, but they can at least win yeah. one or two games and really yeah. just – yeah. You have Jokic cement himself as that MVP, like you said. Yeah, I, I wish they would have they would have a healthy squad because I'd like to see what they could do. And it's kind of like I honestly, and I tweeted this, you know, whatever it was a couple of days ago. I wish the Heat would have been on the four five line because if the Heat were on the four five line, they they would have gone to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yes, mm, they you know it. they they would have beaten uh, obviously Atlanta or the Knicks or whoever, and they would have beaten Philadelphia too. Like I I am I'm, I I honestly I. I think they'll have a tougher time with Milwaukee than they would have had with Philadelphia. Sure. Um, oh, yeah. So, so I, you know, it's kind of a shame. Um, I, I, I'm all here though for the anarchy. Like if the heat find a way to beat <laughs> Milwaukee, Brooklyn and oh, Philadelphia, God. good God. Like it, 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 that would be like one of the greatest. And we were just talking about, you know, at the beginning of this, right? We were talking about how predictable the NBA is. You want to talk about unpredictable. I mean, nobody would have predicted that. I don't think I would even pick them to do something like that. Like last year, but like turn it up to a million. Right. Because of the Nets, right? Like, and here's the thing. I think the Nets are beatable. Like, I don't think that now would I bet on it? No, but, but I would, but I think they're beatable. And where I think they're beatable is on defense. (laughs) Right. Because their lack of continuity, they've played seven, eight games together, whatever it is. That's where it's going to show up. It's going to show up on defense. They're going to score. They're going to score 140 a night, like you guys mentioned. But on defense, that's where you'll find cracks in the dam. And, you know, I don't know. 
if any other team outside of Miami could pull that off, right? Like just because they're so forceful with their actions, as we talked about earlier, I don't know if any of the other teams in the East are forceful enough with their actions to make them defend the whole shot clock. I just think the the Nets matchup, and I think you make great points, but I think that Nets matchup is the worst matchup for Miami in the East. Yeah, because, of course. Right, like those, like the matchup hunters that they have there are absolutely elite level. If you're playing oh. guys like Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson. They're getting crushed. Yeah, <laughs> those guys are going to get crushed. But, you know, you, you, your hope is you grind them on the other end, right? And then, right. you know, it kind of over a seven-game series, you were able to steal one early and you can kind of make that work. But, yeah, it, I wouldn't pick the the heat over the right. net. And I know I'll get all sorts of shit for it on Twitter if it gets to that point. But, it, you know, I got to go with my conscience there, not, <laughs> you know, not my heart, you know? You brought enough guts. I think you'll be fine. <laughs> well, it's Yeah, this be is honestly tomorrow. way more – it's going to be on. ESPN. I thought we were going to have to try to convince picked, you. Yeah, I picked Heat and Seven, and it's on. It's going to be on tomorrow on ESPN.com. So, um, you know, I put my Ooh. you know money where my mouth is, basically. Very interesting. Okay, I mean, is that? Do you have more time? I <laughs> I don't want to be I'm pushing you up, but I just want to make sure you're good on time. One here. more question. Let's go. Let's do it. Um, one more question. What would be your boldest prediction for the entire playoffs as a whole? Ooh, that's a good one. Ooh, boldest prediction for the Besides entire... the heat stuff. Besides the heat stuff that we just discussed. Um, <laughs> boldest prediction. Um, boldest prediction. Okay, I, I look. Boldest prediction would be, I think the Jazz can win the championship, as crazy as that sounds. Like, I, I know that most people think I'm nuts um, because they don't, you know, because of, but I feel like Quinn Snyder is one of the most underappreciated coaches we have in the NBA. Um, I, that guy is so good, man. Like, n- I, nobody watches their games. Um, you know, nobody. like, LeBron, LeBron can confirm. Right. LeBron and, LeBron and KD, remember during the All-Star game, nobody picked Utah and even not even in NBA jams, right? Nobody picked Carl Malone and John Stockton. I watch them a lot, okay? And, man, they are so good. They Defensively, they're incredible. They shoot the ball at a ridiculous clip. Um, that's a team, and they've got a guy that can finish games for you in Donovan Mitchell, okay? Um, and they've got a great defensive anchor. Now, on offense, you know, there could be some problems there with him, but I just feel like they, if they get hot from three, they could win a championship. Now, I don't think it'll, it's likely, but I, I think it's possible. I think I like the comparison. I think I've seen some people make is Utah has the ability to become Miami from last year in terms yeah. of how they play in like, let's yep. say like the 2014 Spurs to like that kind of team. Yep. 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 I mean, Donovan, that guy, man, on offense, he can do – I mean, and he's become a much better defender. Um, but offensively, there's not anything he can't do on the floor. You know what I mean? Like, like he's incredible. Uh, Bogdanovich and Ingles uh, are both very well-rounded players. They're not just shooters. They defend at a really mm-hmm. good level too, I believe. And they're both um, really good at handling the ball, right? Like they can play off the ball. Um, you know, they got a good defender in Royce O'Neal. Their bench is better than people give it credit for. Clarkson is an instant bucket off the bench. Um, you know, George Niang is is kind of one of those tough, kind of old school kind he of can shoot too. He lights out from three. Yeah, exactly. So they've got a nice recipe. They do remind me a lot of the Heat. So very, very similar. Well, I mean, 
if that's all the time that we have with you, George, thank you once again for coming. I mean, this, I feel like I've just learned, but also I, my guts have kind of be, been reinvigorated with the heat because that is more positivity than I honestly expected. And listen, I'm, it's the culture is coursing through my veins right now. I'm feeling good about the heat. Right. You just re-energized me for this. I'm excited to see that heat and seven on ESPN tomorrow. Heat and seven. And I was the only one I saw Tim Legler on sports center today. He picked yep. the heat too. So there you go. There we go. So there's people on the bandwagon. There is absolutely. Well, I mean, Ariel, Marco, last words for our good friend here. Appreciate you joining us, man. Like, yeah. like dad said, we're pumped. Let's go. Yeah, George, George, thank you again for joining us. And uh, make sure to keep that propaganda going in L.A. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, take care. Have a good show. Thanks thank for you. Me. Thank you. All right. Well, this has got 30 times less interesting, but we're going to keep it going <laughs> because that's what we do. Um, let's get into some of these playoff matchups because mm-hmm. we, we talked Heat Bucks extensively. We talked about a lot of different other things. But there is still a whole other bracket, and there are some really, really good teams left. So we're going to stay Eastern Conference here. We're going to go Knicks and Hawks. This is a series that has a lot of people stumped because the Knicks, a lot of people think their game won't translate, and then the Hawks, a lot of people think their best player won't translate in Mm. Trey Young. What do you guys think about these series? And, Marco, we'll start with you, Knicks-Hawks. Okay, so uh, it's a series of very differing styles in terms of what – the hell they want to do uh the knicks they're they're a def- they're like a top five defense a bottom 10 uh, offense uh i don't buy into their recent uh, offensive stretch they've had it, i think it's uh fool's gold uh shout out to elf uh <laughs> i don't think that shooting's going to continue in the playoffs in terms of how the games uh, start to get bogged down even more uh atlanta however they are a top uh five, 10 offense and a bottom 10 defense so it's like, who do you trust more? You trust the offense in the playoffs more or defense in the playoffs more? Uh, Hawks and six. Shout out to Brian Young in the, in the comments down King. below. I'm actually right agreeing with him. But I'm going to go seven instead. Uh, to me, I think it's about how, many, how much scoring they'll have at the end. Uh, mm-hmm. And I feel like New York, their offense gets so boring at the end. It's, okay, Julius Randle, do something. I saw in the playoffs, when that happens and you have nobody else uh, as an outlet or like a, a valve to go to, that's not going to work. Uh, unless you're like you're like LeBron James, that's not going to work. Like that's the type of offense that Thibs has always run. I don't, I still don't trust Thibs' coach defense in the playoffs. Uh, however, the Hawks, uh, I mean, do you trust Nate McMillan as well? Uh, so like, who who do you trust uh, just slightly more? Uh, I guess I'm going to go with offense. It's an offensive league. There's uh, more. There's better offenses in the league now than there were like five years ago. Like a team this year who had an average offense would be like, would be like a top five offense from last year. So, you know, I feel like offense is the wave. I'm going to stick with it. Uh, sorry, sorry to all of the Knicks fans in the comments below. We know who you are. You let Ricky down. You really did. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. It's going to be really close. It's 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 a coin flip series. So. I think it should be one hell of a series. It really should be. Like, I'm excited to watch this. I know it's probably going to be the NBA TV series, and a lot of people won't be watching it. But I personally, as long as they're not playing within the next – within three hours of the heat because I need to do my heat research and stuff, I think this is going to be a really fun series to watch. I'm excited to see because, I mean – one of the heat, the the Hawks or the Knicks are going to make it to the second round. And that is not something that we thought would happen going into the season. So it is like George was saying earlier, kind of that level of unpredictability. I think it's interesting that you have the Hawks going into Madison square garden in game seven 
and winning I'm only that. saying that because I feel like Trey Young's going to be really wanting to put it on a show. He feels like a guy that really wants to show out in MSG. He was doing that uh, before he got hurt. Like They were kicking the Knicks' butt before uh, Trey Young got hurt, mm-hmm. and then the yeah. Knicks came back. Uh, yeah. That's all I'm counting on. Uh, and also, it's really apparent that he gets foul calls because in the playoffs, that whistle's going to be tight. And if he's not getting the whistle, it's going to be the Knicks series to get. Absolutely. Ariel, you're you're smiling a little bit. Do you have – are you picking the villains here or the, the villains? I personally don't mind the Knicks being good, but I don't really care much about them. So before I tell you what I'm picking, I'm going to go with a little breakdown. So the Knicks are not a good offensive team, right? They're like 22nd or 23rd, if I remember correctly, in offensive rating. Um, but they are an elite defensive team with the NBA's fourth-ranked defensive rating. Uh, Julius Randle should be most improved player, right? He's a tremendously difficult cover. He scores in a variety of ways. He can get to a shot off the bounce or off the catch from just about any area on the floor and in a different variety of, of offensive sets. Like, he's he's just – the improvement for that guy is spectacular. Like, he – demands the basketball at the end of games he wants to be the guy to take them home at the end of games and i think that's a tremendous development for him um the hawks are a good offensive team like marco said i think trey young will obviously be the focal point of the knicks defense i expect them to show hard on pick and rolls i expect them to trap him frequently and so guys like john collins bogdan bogdanovich and danilo gallinari are gonna have to pick up a lot of the offensive load that being said they're capable they are but that being said, I think I trust the Knicks defense and Julius Randle's game uh, to translate a little bit better to playoff basketball than I do the Hawks offense and Trey Young. Um, I'm mostly the swing factor for me because I do think it's a really close series was the home court advantage that the Knicks have. And so I'm going Knicks in seven. Ooh, Knicks in seven. Um, actually, this is perfect timing for this comment. Manny, can you put up uh, Helmon Telfani? Hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. If not, I am sorry. Hawks grit rose tremendously in Nate's regime. They can dogfight. This is something that I wanted to mention because I was looking at the numbers and I was super surprised. The Hawks have been taking just about the same amount of three-pointers as the Knicks since Nate McMillan has been the head coach. They are low volume, Hmm. high efficiency from three, which is crazy because I feel like when I watch them play, they're not. But they're only shooting about 32 threes per game over those 20, maybe 30 or so games. So there's been a big turnaround. And the, the thing is, they've figured out ways to play more defense. They're not an elite defense yet, but they're at least adding something into their arsenal defensively. And they've been doing a lot of this without DeAndre Hunter. So I think the health of DeAndre Hunter is going to be the X factor for the series, because if he's able to get to 100%, he's played the last few games, he hasn't really looked like himself, but if he has the week off, he's able to get healthy. I think the Hawks, talent-wise, are the better team. Um, Mentality-wise and home court advantage will obviously be or come into play. I think... I think I'm going to be taking Hawks in six. And this is not a disrespect to the Knicks. I think the Knicks can definitely win this series. Um, but I think, whew, Nate McMillan, what he's been able to do with that team, the Hawks have been really, really good. And they've, they're deep. They have talent, honestly, up and down the roster. Like, there's not too many holes. Obviously, the biggest hole would be Trey Young's defense. But I don't know if the Knicks have the personnel to really exploit that on a consistent basis. They don't really have guards that are able to do so. Like Derrick Rose can get some here and there. Um, but they also have rim protection in Clint Capella, which I think is another big thing when you're going against the Knicks. It's going to be one hell of a series. I'm super excited to watch it. I think Mark the out. two biggest uh, X factors uh, are going to be Bogey 
and Derek Graham is like, who's going to mm-hmm. be the better uh, secondary creator? Uh, are you going to be able to break that down consistently if Trey Young and Julius Randle aren't working? Uh, like when that stuff gets cut out, because in the playoffs, your main thing is going to get game plan out the window. So if you're a bogey or Derek Rose, who's going to be the better second option in that kind of role? And I think whoever plays better might end up winning the series. But, you know, possible. it's going to be close as hell. Is, um, this, the, is this the closest uh, first round series for you guys? Uh, yeah, for me, for sure. Um, I don't know. I feel like the Eastern Conference series are really great, but I could also see Blazers Nuggets going to seven. Like, I think I personally have that going to seven. Okay, I can't wait to get to that one. And I'm going to use it as a segue. Let's talk about <laughs> Blazers and Nuggets here, though, because we talked about it a little bit with George. I personally have uh, Michael Porter Jr. as the X Factor. I'm just going to give it to you guys straight here. I think that the Nuggets are going to win this game, win this in seven games, and... <clears throat> I think Michael Porter Jr. is going to be an X factor. I think this is kind of kind of going to be his breakout series per se, where people are like, "Damn, Michael Michael Porter Jr. really is a hooper," because he's honestly been unbelievable. He's been the oh, I got some stats here for you guys. Uh, over the last thirty six games, he's averaging twenty three and eight on fifty seven point five percent from the field and forty percent from three. He's the seventh catch and shoot player in the NBA at forty seven percent from three. Seventh on at least three threes per game. So, Mm. I mean, not small volume. This is a large sample size. He is ridiculous. And 16th in pull-up shooting at 53% effective field goal percentage. Michael Porter Jr. has taken a step. There's 7.4 points in terms of net rating better with him on the floor. If Mm. that's able to continue, if he's able to do that, and I don't really see any wings that should be stopping Michael Porter Jr. that often because I don't know if they're going to use Robert Covington on Michael Porter Jr. because he kind of plays more of the wing and they need to help out on Jokic. Mm. I'm excited to see what's going to happen in the series. I think it's going to be Nuggets in seven. What are you guys' thoughts on this? I think I'm going to go, oh my God, I can't believe I'm going to do this. <laughs> I actually just talked myself out of it. Uh, I'm going to go, wow, the people in Denver are going to absolutely hate me. Do it. Uh I'll go Blazers in six. Why not? Uh, I don't know why I'm doing it. Uh, I guess Damian Lillard is the primary reason of why I'm doing it. <laughs> Can't argue with that. Uh, and it's so it's so I hate betraying Jokic so much. But yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm gonna do it. Uh, I think it's the biggest X factor to me is gonna be how are the Nuggets gonna be able to defend CJ McCollum? Because I think they're gonna game plan uh, Damian Lillard like pretty well. But if they allow their those open shots from a call, he's going to knock them down all day. And also, I think their offense can survive the non-Lillard minutes more than the Nuggets can survive the non-Jokic minutes. Uh, I think Michael Porter Jr. is going to it's going to be big on him to step up. Like you said, those numbers are pretty insane. He can shoot over anybody, uh, especially anybody on the Blazers. Uh, I think Robert Covington can do a well enough job on him though. Uh, to limit him, and it kind of it's kind of sucks uh, how Aaron Gordon was wouldn't have been this big of a X factor, but now he's going to be even more of an X factor. Uh, also, the Blazers were going to trade for him, so this is kind of like the Aaron Gordon series, <laughs> uh, which is hilarious to me. Uh, but yeah, I'm I I don't know why I'm doing it. I don't know. It's my gut feeling that to go with the Nuggets. There's like no statistical analysis about this. I just feel like this series is going to be really close. And also, I have a lot of Blazers friends. 
uh, shout out to Sean Heiken, shout out to Eric Anderson. Those are my dudes. I'm going to have the guts for them to do this. Uh, I'm not going to put any money on it because I have no confidence at all. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm going to go with that. And I think if Michael Porter Jr., however, is like goes crazy, uh, which like, I could definitely see that happening. Uh, last year, he was a bit inconsistent in the playoffs, but when he showed out, like those were like crazy games. Uh, so yeah, the big X factors are CJ and uh, MPJ. Uh, who's going to be like that guy that's scaring? Because last time they played, CJ McCollum was that guy. He closed out the Nuggets in Denver. Yep. He had a great, like 35, 37. It was a masterclass from the mid range in that game. Like he was just bullying Jamal Murray up and down the floor. Are we frozen? No, oh, I, I, I thought, thought we were frozen. Oh, my bad. Here we go. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll go with it then. I mean, I, as far as Nuggets Blazers go, I think obviously you have to start with Jokic, man. He should be the MVP. Um, there is absolutely nobody, nobody on the Blazers front line who can bother him. Uh, he averaged 29 points per game on 52% field goal shooting against the Blazers in the three matchups that they had this season. And he only played about 30 minutes per game in those games. So I expect him to have a monster series. Uh, the Nuggets didn't miss a beat when Jamal Murray went down. They were 16-8 and eight without him on the season. They have a variety of offensive weapons, um, strong role players. Like they've just, They're just a really solid team, even without such a good player as Jamal Murray. And so that speaks volumes to just how good they are, right? Um, the Blazers are a really good offensive team, though. They're second in offensive rating. They're second in three-pointers made. And I think they're a top five points per game team, if I remember correctly. Uh, Dame, who's had another uh, just elite individual year, having to carry that team for most of the season, he'll give you a chance in just about any series. So I, I, I see where Marco's going with this. But to me, the defense is just a real problem. Like, they can't guard anybody. They're 29th in the NBA in defensive rating. They're a bottom seven or eight team in opponents' points per game allowed. Ultimately, I think Nikola Jokic just has a monstrous uh, series. I think we get a high-scoring and entertaining series, but I think it ends in a six-game Denver victory. Huh. I don't feel any, again, I don't feel any confidence in it. I'm just going with it. I don't know why. <laughs> it's, a gut, it's a gut pick. I, I respect it. Also, the Nuggets' ability to play big, I think, is actually going to be huge because, I mean, you have size and versatility with Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, Jamichael Green. I mean, there's other guys that are tall that I think, honestly, will be able to give Portland some problems because they are a really small team when they play their best guys on the floor. And that is a bit of an issue. So um, (laughs) I want to get to Christian Cardus's dono here before we get into Mavs Clippers. Um, We'll use this as our segue. List Mark Cuban's dream starting five league-wise. So I think what he's going at here is he wants the white European prototype. So I feel like that has to be Goran Dragic, Luka Doncic. Uh, Are we starting Kristaps? I think we're definitely starting Kristaps. I just don't like Kristaps, if I'm being completely honest. Bielitsa has to have a spot on that roster. Um, Is is Bielitsa the three and is – is Kelly Olynyk your five? Kelly Olynyk is not European, but um, <laughs> he just he fits the mold that he likes. I hear you. I hear you. Awkward, uh, tall, pasty. I think Maxi Kleber Poku. has the. I think Boku and Maxi Kleber have, have have arguments to be up there. So you're probably going Goran, Luca, uh, Porzingis at the five. I guess you're going Maxi Kleber and Poku at the forward spots, and then Belly is your six man. 
that lineup is huge. <laughs> that's a massive. That's like the Cuban dream, tall, man. <laughs> that's the Cuban dream, not the American dream. That is the but Cuban Toku dream. The that point. is Why not? what he wants. Hey, listen, he's hey. shown strides as a playmaker, so anything anything is possible. But let's get into the team that the Mavs currently have and the team that the Mavs are currently playing against, the Los Angeles Clippers. This is a rematch of last year's series. Mm-hmm. Um last year it was a must-see series like every single game was crazy Luca had this insane breakout where he was I mean it was one possession he took Paul George and Kawhi and he banged a three in both of their faces and then he did it again for a game winner against Reggie Jackson I believe it was Kawhi coming in to help Mm -hmm. after that like that single game I think is going to live in my head for a very very long time because I watched it live and it was so exciting and you you were always waiting for the Clippers to make that final play. And Luca was always able to match it. It was super exciting. But with all this said, who do you guys have in the series? I got Clippers in five. Uh, ooh, that's even a little crazy considering they went six last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just think that Chris Stapps isn't as good as he was last year. People forget how good he was at, during that series against the Clippers and how frustrating he was for the Clippers to guard. It, like if he doesn't get injured, maybe that series goes even longer than it does. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that it went as long as it did, with him even getting hurt for that uh, game before uh, Game Six, was pretty crazy to me. But I just think the Clippers are a totally different team this year. They're more they're willing to expand what kind of coverages they use now. Uh, the Ty Lue is like a way better uh, uh, coach in terms of making these kind of schematic changes throughout the course of like a series. Uh, that's one thing that really impressed me most when he was in Cleveland, the way that he adjusted the defense to guard uh, Steph Curry during that 3-1 comeback. Uh, I think that always opened my eyes. I was like, well, I got I got tight loop pilled, uh, I guess the way, a way to put it. Uh, and yeah, I'm, I just don't think it's a great matchup for the, for the Mavs. Uh, I don't care about the regular season series stuff. I don't, it doesn't matter to me. Uh, Kawhi Leonard is going to be, has been, He's been crazy this year. Like his his stats and Paul George stats have weirdly went under the radar this year. I I just think they're going to be too much for the Mavs. They don't really have much of an answer for the big wings. Like Dorian Finney-Smith can't be asked to guard both Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Like throughout the course of a seven game series, I I don't like. They need a I guess they need really a Jake Crowder kind of guy along with Dorian Finney-Smith. They need bigger wings um that's what they got james johnson for but then they had to trade him away so it got even thinner at that point <laughs> which is funny that you were relying on james johnson to be a playoff kind of guy which told you all you need to needed to do which is why they leaned all the way into the offensive stuff uh which i don't blame them at all for doing uh i would have liked them more in a series against the, the nuggets really uh but even then i wouldn't i would have taken the nuggets i just mavs you have a great run this year i just think the Clippers are really focused this year. They have actually practiced this year. Uh, they have a coach who's more willing to make these drastic changes throughout a series. And I think they're going to, they're really going to focus their game plan on Luka. I think you're going to see a lot of traps, maybe just go one-on-one with Kawhi if it comes down to that. Uh, I, sorry, Mads fans. I live in Dallas, or I live close to Dallas, but I'm, I'm going with the Clips. Can't hit on that. Um, Ariel. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm on a similar beat as Marco here. I think Luca has been spectacular this season, right? I mean, like when you're talking about Luca, you're probably talking about 
the next face of the NBA with Zion Williamson. Uh, if if the Pelicans can never get their their stuff together, but and that's Omer Yurt seven, yeah, and Omer Yurt seven, absolutely, of course. my man. Yeah, um, Luca's averaged what like twenty eight, eight and eight this season. There isn't any real way to stop him. Uh, you can send help and hope to slow him down, like Marco had mentioned, or you can just live with him dropping 35, 40 on you and hope to contain Dallas's role players. That's probably a more viable strategy for the Clippers, but I think they're flexible either way. Like we said, uh, Kawhi and PG are, are, are just like, they've had great seasons and they remain two of the truly just elite two-way wings in the NBA. Like those guys can beat you from anywhere on the court. Dallas is 21st in the NBA in defensive rating, they don't really have the wings to bother Kawhi and Paul George. I think those two guys get whatever they want in this series. I'm kind of throwing out last year's series. I think we've got a, pe- a better Paul George uh, this season um, going into the playoffs this time. And he's not, as far as I know, like there isn't anything significant hampering him like there was last season. And so I just think the Clippers as a whole are one of the best offensive teams in the NBA. You factor in, you know, the top the, the top end talent that they've got there, the fact that they're two-way guys who can slow down Luka. Um, I think they kind of waltzed through this series. You know, I might be totally off here because we saw something different last year, but I'm going Clippers in five. The Clippers are the four seed, correct? Yes. So assuming the Lakers get the seven, the Clippers... They avoid them. To the conference the are going to the conference finals and then they're going to the finals after that. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I totally agree. I think it's it could be a clipper sweep if I'm being completely honest with you. I just think they're a far superior team, but I won't rule out the fact that Luca should be able to win one or maybe even two games just off of his sheer greatness. I mean, he's very similar to James Harden. Uh, shout out Das Hoost in the comments. He's ridiculously similar where he can elevate a team to win one or two playoff games if he's on the right track. But I think the Clippers are going to do a good job of being able to kind of not mess with them a little bit. But like you guys said, limit the role players. Although Jalen Brunson is someone that cannot be limited. He is going to end up in the Miami <laughs> Heat uniform. You want that point, so bad. <laughs> because I want that. He's the next Kyle Lowry. And I think once if you get Kyle Lowry, like we have Kyle Lowry at home, it's Jalen Brunson. That's honestly what it is. And I'm totally cool with that. But I do want to interrupt this Mavs Clippers talk because you guys kind of covered all the points for some stats, a stat, Mm. my random stat of the week, which I'd love to share. Let's do it. So since March 1st, guess which team in the entire NBA, all 30 teams has the highest three point field goal percentage from March 1st until today, May 17th. Take a guess. Ooh, got a three percent chance here. He says the Wiz. Uh Atlanta. Atlanta. I'm gonna go Knicks. I don't know why. Okay. No comments on this, guys. Damn. Nothing. I've got nothing. This is a tough one. <laughs> okay. So Did I get it. Uh, I believe Atlanta is fourth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was brought onto the subject because the Clippers actually are number two. Oh, we got Warriors, Pacers, no, Ariel. Pacers. I cannot believe this. Talking movies as well. The Knicks, you are correct. It really? Is the New York Knicks. They are shooting 40.8% leading the NBA. They are now the number three shooting team in the league, and it's, it's high-quality looks. Reggie That's... Bullock, maybe Derek Rose is hitting threes now. I don't know that... what is going on in New York, but – 
they're a good basketball team and it's going to be really fun to watch. I just thought that was the craziest thing because I do not associate good shooting with the Knicks. I associate defense with them. When I was, when I was doing my research today and looking into the Knicks and the Hawks matchup, I noticed that, you know, like the Knicks are not a very good offensive team, right? Like they're bottom third, (laughs) dude, they don't even attempt a lot of threes, but their three point field goal percentage was like top three or four in the NBA. Something. Yeah. Third. Right. So like, (laughs) The fact that you asked that question, I was like, all right, there's a good chance they're up there, but it, you're right. It's absolutely shocking. Like you look at that roster, you don't go, oh, they've got a bunch of really elite level shooters, but there they are knocking down threes, getting good looks out of out of what, whatever the heck they're running down there. So props to them. Running. Sure. I mean, they're running around. <laughs> Julius Randle at the it's, elbow. Reggie Boyd is in nonstop motion. That man does so much cardio throughout games, but – he always is open at the end of every single game. Like he, whether he hits them or not, he always has a look that's wide open to make a clutch play. And he's going to have looks during the Hawks series because he is legitimately, like Marco said, running in circles the entire time. And whew, it's, I would imagine it's very frustrating to play against. Um, so I do want to talk about, I mean, I guess I have Clippers love. I just think they're going to the finals this year. I think it makes just the most sense for their team. The Lakers, there's holes in their armor. And I think the Clippers are built more so this year to expose that. The Battle of LA, we all want it. Um, It is possible that the Jazz is able to beat them, though. Like George said, that is actually going to be probably a really, really good series once we get to that point. But I'll still take the Clippers there. Um, did want to mention one of the sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. That is BUSR. Bet US Sports Racing, I believe, or US Racing. Um, I could have bought some butchered that, but it is a book that you can bet on. And I believe if you use the code, which is 5RSN, correct me if I'm wrong, Manny, but if you use the code, you they will match up to $100 of your initial deposit, or you will get a 30% bonus. And Right now, if you're looking at just the Western Conference, I've been harping on this. I talked about it when the number was back at like 265, 275. The Los Angeles Clippers are now even in odds with the Los Angeles Lakers to make it to the NBA Finals. Both are at plus 220, meaning if you put down $100 on either team, the team that wins will make $220. So, I mean, if you think it's going to be a Lakers-Clippers finals, you can technically put $200 in, and you can guarantee that you will make $20 if both teams make it. But there is some risk involved. So I'm not going to tell you to do that. But I will tell you that I think the Clippers, statistically speaking, are a fantastic team. And they there might be some value with that bet. I'm not giving betting advice, but it's something that I personally might look into. So make sure you go ahead and look at busr.com slash 5RSN and use that promo code 5RSN and get your bets in on whoever you think is going to go to the finals. You can bet conference finals, NBA champions, playoff odds, game odds. There's a lot of stuff to bet on there. So make sure you go ahead and check that out. I know I definitely will be very, very soon. Um, Ariel, did you get a talk, a chance to talk about your X factor in the playoffs? Your, your stock, my stock guy. Yes. No, I haven't. So man, I'm going Julius Randall. I know he's had a spectacular oh, season. Love. We've done too much of that. I know, man, but like, I just, this is how I feel. Like, I think he's had a spectacular season, right? And like, he's probably going to win most improved player. Um, and so all of that's deserved. How can he further elevate that? Well, against the Hawks in the regular season, he averaged 37, 12, and seven. 
Like he had a monster in three games in three games against the Hawks. He, oh my he, he averaged 37, 12 and seven. Like he destroyed the Hawks in the regular season this year. You give him seven games of that. I, I like, I, you know, in the playoffs, defenses get better. They key in on a player and like, you wouldn't expect him to average 37, 12 and seven in that playoff series. But I just think it's a good matchup for him. I think that, you know, it, it if it's if it's DeAndre Hunter who's covering him, I don't know if he's quite strong enough to bang with Julius Randle. Like Julius is a beast. Um, if if Randle's playing at the five, or if for whatever reason Clint Capella's guarding him in space, that's a problem because Julius Randle can beat you off the bounce. And Clint Capella's not lost in space at all. But man, I just think Randle has too much. So yeah, that's the guy. I think he has a monster series. I think he further vaunts himself into the you know maybe top. 15 18 20 players in the league like i could absolutely see him having a monster series i don't personally think he's like a top 15 player but i feel like that's where the narrative might go if he gets anywhere near 37 12 and 7 against the hawks if he has 30 37 12 and 7 i mean what the hell man i think uh he's a guy that will benefit even in a, if they lose the series. Like, if he puts up wild numbers and a loss, like, if it goes seven, people will be like, oh, this even, like, the stock's still going to go up. But it's, like, the total opposite to, like, a guy like I have with Paul George. So if he has a disappointing series in one round and they lose, that's not going to – nobody's going to care about that. Because, uh, yeah, my guy's Paul George. I think you're going to buy low. You're buying as low as ever. This is, like, Apple stock in the 90s low. Like and I feel like you're gonna get the same reward uh, this year. I feel like he's he's primed for a really like good uh, playoff run here. I think I I feel like he's gonna really kind of show out in that secondary role. Last year it felt he felt really uncomfortable. They didn't have a lot of practice time again. Uh, Kawhi Leonard was always in and out of the lineup. Uh, this year they've had a consistent lineup. Paul George has has really had a defined role this year, which he really never kind of had last year. Mm-hmm. And I think. He's gonna go. He's going under the radar right now, and I think you should buy buy as low as you can right now because I feel like his stock's gonna go up pretty high after this playoff run uh, in terms of what he's gonna show out. Again, it also depends on team success. Though uh, this is kind of a weird uh, kind of player stock where the team stock will also be kind of in the same hand. Uh, where you're probably gonna buy Clipper stock really as low as you are gonna right now, uh, and. If they go to the Western Conference Finals, he has a pretty good series. He doesn't even have to have a great series in the Conference Finals. But if it's like a pretty good series, he's he's going to have redemption in a lot of people's eyes. And I'm, I'm rooting for the guy in that sense. Uh, he's very, uh, what's the word? Uh, he's very uh, off-putting at times, uh, I'll say that, <laughs> uh, with his post-game comments. But I think <laughs> if he has a good uh, playoff run, he's going to, that that's going to go away in a lot of people's eyes, and I think he's primed to do that this year. Listen, last year that matchup was going to be tough for the Lakers, and I think this year it will be again. Does no one has an answer for AD in the entire league? So I'm not really too concerned with that. Um, between Kawhi Leonard and LeBron James, we'll probably talk about this extensively if the series ends up happening. But between Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, those are two of the guys alongside Jimmy Butler in the league right now, and Kevin Durant. So I guess that's three, no four, <laughs> um, four other guys that have been able to go toe-to-toe with LeBron for stretches, either if it's a game or a series or whatever it may be, and they have two of them. I just think having players that can do that, along with a really good team that has defined roles and can hit shots and can play defense, 
Clippers are built beautifully. They have not been given enough credit throughout the year. I think they are better coached. And is Ty Lue the best coach in the world? No, but he's someone that actually knows how LeBron approaches the game and wants to kind of win things. So I'm excited for that. I'm excited for the Heat Bucks series more so than anything. This is going to be ridiculously, ridiculously exciting. Um, it seems like we all have the Heat winning here. Obviously, that is not biased at all. We are not biased. We are just being completely realistic with that. I believe you two have Heat in seven. I have Heat in six. So this is going to be actually a very interesting first round. I feel like there's not many matchups that I am not excited to watch, I guess. Uh, it's going to be fun. That's how to like the one, like the play-in is going to make things interesting. But the only matchup that I'm really not excited to watch is Philly against whoever they play. But even if they get the Wizards, then that could be interesting. I so be good. I'm excited there, there's going to be some fun stuff going on in these playoffs. I think this has turned out to be a very, we get, very... We might get Philly and Boston for like the what, fourth mm-hmm. year in a row? Uh, and imagine if Philly finally swept Boston. Uh, it would be After so After last hot. year, there's like the two revenge series, and we'll have Bucks Heat and uh, Philly-Boston. Hmm. This is actually kind of crazy. A lot of the same storylines repeating themselves. You got Clippers, Mavs, whole bunch of good stuff. This is going to be a really exciting playoffs. We're going to be back, I believe, at some point next week. Maybe if it's mid-first round, maybe after the first round, after some series. We'll see exactly what happens. It's going to be an interesting week for sure. I'm excited to have a lot of stuff to talk about. Once again, thank you guys in the comments for being with us this entire time, for asking some questions. It sucks we couldn't get to more questions from the comments or comments as a whole. Read them with George on just because, I mean, man of the hour. Got to have our attention where it's supposed to be, but it's (laughs) Uh, thank you guys in the comments for showing out tonight. We'll be back at some point next week. And before we go, just want to make sure I reiterate the fact that on BUSR.com slash 5RSN, you can get your bets in right now on the Miami Heat or anybody else. But I can only give you odds on the Miami Heat right now. The Heat are currently 25 to 1 to win the NBA title if you think that the Heat, ha- if you have the guts, if you have the guts, you want to put just a little bit of money on this. Maybe let's say you put like $20, you're walking away with 500 if the Heat walk away NBA champions. So there's definitely some incentive to doing that. And BUSR is literally paying you if you put money in. So make sure you go ahead and do that. I believe there's going to be a video of Ethan and J-Rod on the five reasons to bet coming up right now. But with all that being said, thank you guys for showing up tonight. We had a pleasure. Any last words? Enjoy the playoffs, y'all. We'll be back next week. Marco? <sighs> playoffs. The best time of the year. Jalen Brunson, Kendrick Nunn. Booming. Play the video, man. All right. Welcome into sort of an abridged edition of Five Reasons to Bet. We do that every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on the Five Reasons YouTube channel. But this is simply going to be one reason to bet for or against the Heat. This is what we're going to be doing throughout the Heat postseason, but we're going to start with the big picture. I got my guy J-Rod Show here, Jim Rodriguez. You can follow him there at at J-Rod Show. It's an easy way to go. The Miami Heat, not a lot of people think they're going back to the NBA Finals, Jim. You don't either, but how would you play this? Well, listen, the book, let's just tell you what BUSR is telling us. It's 11 to 1 for Miami to get back to the NBA Finals. So get another Eastern Conference banner. It's 11 to 1 to win the NBA Finals. 25 to 1. It's a tall order. And they've got quite the gauntlet. I mean, they've got the Bucks, possibly the Nets, 
possibly the Sixers. Now, I will say this. They're peaking. It's all about it, it, it's about how you go into the playoffs. You know that, Ethan. After that awful loss in Minnesota, which, by the way, mm. we're finally making money after losing our shirts in that awful game. They won 12 out of 16. So mm. they're coming in with momentum. I don't know if the Bucks are going to fold. I mean, the Bucks. if there's any team that can, that can drop the ball, it's the Bucks. We've known it. We've seen it. Okay, they're not a, they're not they're not the prohibitive favorite that they were last year. The Nets are the prohibitive favorite to get back to win the East and go to the NBA Finals. I think the Heat, if they win this series, it goes seven games. I think it's going to be the Bucks and six. But for a game one, what I like right now, I like the Heat coming at it all cylinders. I like the over. The over is probably going to be. Yeah, I would say 220, maybe, mm-hmm. in, in the 220, 220 neighborhood. If it's in that area, I'm going to go over in that game. I think we're going to see some points. I think we're gonna they're going to try to have to punch uh, Giannis in the mouth, try to get aggressive, try to get that heat culture. 11-1 to to get back to the NBA Finals, tall order. I think Miami can win at least two. They're going to have to force this thing to seven games to beat the Bucks. All right, so the play here is play the games individually, not necessarily play heat big picture because, as you mentioned, they, they likely would have to beat the, the three, one, two, and one seeds in the right. East just to get back to the finals. But if there's, if there's anything that would add to the Heat culture, if there's anything, this would be the kind of year to do it. All right, so where do you bet it? BUSR.com. That's BUSR.com backslash 5RSN. Get that 30% bonus. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.